안녕하세요. 아스키미어바오 케이팝에 오신 곳을 환영합니다. 제 이름은 제니입니다. 헬리카입니다. <laughs> There we go. Today we're getting back into um, serious study time. Not yes, serious. You know, It doesn't have to be serious. We're going back to our roots for uh, our educational roots. So bust out your notebooks and pencils. It's time for a Korean lesson for K-pop fans. Yes. Led um, by our very own Shannon Hawk. <laughs> me. <laughs> um, so uh, this, I did a Korean for K-pop episode Met, like a year and a half ago, if not more. <laughs> Many years ago. <laughs> Many years ago. Um, but I did it all alone because Angelica was missing. And not missing. I see that like you're gone. She was I not, had disappeared. She was not with no me. No one knew where I was. No, she was just not with me. Um, and I kind of struggled through it because I was alone. I had no one to bounce <laughs> off of. Um, but I mostly stand by that episode and will say right now, if you haven't listened to it, I would probably start there. Because mm-hmm. I truly do get a lot of basics out of the way. Um, Will some of the things that you're going to cover today like build off of any of the the like foundations? Yes, definitely. I like episode? fully have updates of like some of the things I recommended in the first episode because those things have been updated since I talked mm-hmm. about it. Um, but like overall, uh, we'll get to it later, but I asked on the Discord for some questions and a few of the questions that people asked me were covered in the first episode. No shade, but like I already <laughs> talked about it. And that's mostly like very beginner stuff. Um, no shade, but know your history. Thanks. No, but for no, real, <laughs> not everybody listens to every episode. It's okay. I'm just saying I already said it, so I won't repeat myself now so that this is like a different episode. Right, right, right. Um, but... I guess, like, if you haven't listened to the first one and you just want to listen to this one, fine. My journey with learning Korean has been a very long one, and I still am not that great at it. Um, But I know a lot more than I did five years ago. But I also don't study very much. So I also don't feel like I'm not I'm not an expert teacher or anything. I'm just trying to share share what I've learned. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So. A reminder from part one that I feel like is the most important thing when it comes to learning Korean, which is knowing that there are three types of speech, mm-hmm. informal, formal, and honorific. And informal speech is for people who are younger or the same age as you. It's very casual speech. Um, and you can only talk to people that way if they have like expressly said that you can um, because it's just very casual and kind of rude almost. Mm. And then uh, formal speech, which you're most likely hearing all the time, that's when sentences end with like, you'll. Yeah. That's when you know that it's formal. And you always, formal is always like the right thing to do, mm-hmm. I guess. When in doubt, always use Always formal. speak formal. Yeah. Because like there are very few cases where it will be okay to speak <laughs> informally. And like most places or lessons or whatever, people don't teach you to speak informally because it's not a thing to do. But there's another level, which is honorific speech. And this is when things end in like nida or like mm-hmm. nika. This is super formal. And that's how they talk in the military. And it's how newscasters read the news. And it's super, super formal. Um, 
And some apps and some books teach you honorific speech, which I think is a step too far, but it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Um, I know Duolingo uses some honorifics it in sure it as does. well. Because I remember learning the difference between imnita and inika. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I guess maybe since I did that one all alone, before I get into updates from part one, like, do you have any thought? Like, what is your, Angelica, what is your relationship to, like, the Korean language and how do you feel about it? And have you ever like your curiosities or like whether or not it matters to you? I don't know. Um, That's not a phrase of a question very well. I think I know what you mean though. I'm trying to be like, what's, where's your perspective? Yeah. 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 Where am I on the language learning spectrum as far as like, okay, I am a K-pop fan and I don't speak Korean. Like, do I care to learn? What mm-hmm. do I already know? Um, I would say I definitely do care to learn. Like I would, especially because w- you and I live in Los Angeles where mm-hmm. there is a huge Korean population. And we, I personally live very close to Koreatown. We take a dance class with a group of people who mostly do speak Korean. So like, I think it would benefit me a lot to learn it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't put a lot of effort into it. So I know the alphabet. Right. Um, And so I can read things phonetically. um, And I know like a handful of words, which I have picked up through mostly watching dramas Mm -hmm. and then um, like picking some things up from from songs and stuff. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I don't have like a I really don't have a grasp on the language by any means. I can't like I think that the only grasp I have is usually I can hear if I'm watching something, I can hear like, oh, he has an accent because he's Chinese or something. I can be like, ah, this person's a native Korean speaker and this person's not. (laughs) And that's, that's it. Yeah. Well, great. I just wanted to know that. And then that also helps me because... I feel like I did this the first part all by myself, so I had no one to bounce off of. So Mm -hmm. as a person with very little grasp on the language, please (laughs) stop me and ask questions. Oh, I will. Be the listener surrogate this time. Hand me that legal pad. I'm going to take some notes. Here. Yeah, I'm serious. (laughs) Great. Um, Okay, so some updates from part one. There was a section in part one where I talked a lot about the different resources and materials that I have used Mm -hmm. over the years to learn uh, Korean. And one of them is the website TalkToMeInKorean.com. In the first episode, I talked about like, oh, they have all these podcasts, but they're kind of buried. Like the website's a little clunky, but it's all very good. Since then, they have done like a complete overhaul of their whole website. And so it's much cooler now. Awesome. And if you like create a little login, they have tons of free courses, but they're like split up into these nice little like checkbox. Like it's just laid out really nicely and you like read the you read the first paragraph and then it like checks it off on the side. So it's like a real like learning course. Nice. And they have their general grammar lessons, uh, which I'll touch on later. And then they've started doing these cool things where they do like, they play a a five minute clip from a drama and then they break it down like sentence by sentence. Oh, I love that. I was listening to a, um, I did like a trial of an audio book because at the beginning of quarantine, I was like, I'm going to learn Korean. Um, (laughs) So I listened to a 30-minute lesson. Right. That's literally all I've done. Um, I wrote down the lyrics to a song in Hangul. Great. <laughs> that's it. Um, but in that that audiobook, which was really good, I don't remember what it was. The whole set was like over $100. So obviously I only listened to the free <laughs> trial. Um, but it was really cool because it like played you a conversation of a man and a woman saying like, 
hello, do you speak Korean? No. Or do you speak English? No, I'm sorry. I only speak Korean. Okay, thank you. And it was like, by the end of this lesson, you will be able to understand the conversation mm. and participate in it. So they like broke it down. So that that's really cool. I love that. I think that that's like the best way to learn a new language is with like practical. Practical conversations. Yeah. Um, yeah. So talk to me in Korean, like full website overhaul. They have so much free stuff and it's organized really, really cool now and it will track your progress. And like, I think it's amazing. Is there a paywall once you there reach? There like is a, a paywall, but the paywall just gives you extra courses. You can get quizzes. Mm. And then I think it gives you like a direct line to teachers for like suggestions on things you should work on. Oh, cool. And they have a monthly and a yearly plan. And if you pay monthly, it's like $140 a year. But if you pay all at once, it's like 90 bucks. Oh, that's not bad. It's not bad. So talk to me in Korean. And also, like, I've hyped this up in the other episode, but they make incredible books. I was looking at their shop yesterday. I hadn't looked at it in a while. And they had new <laughs> books. So like, oh, now I need those books. Um, but they they make really, really, they make really good stuff. They're like are legitimate the books, teachers. Are the books um, like textbooks? Are they workbooks? Do they go with the video lessons? They have so many kinds so of many books. So many different kinds. There's, okay, cool. They're like the Talk to Me in Korean curriculum, which I bought a long time ago, which is workbook, textbooks and workbooks. And they mm -hmm. come with like a CD of like mm -hmm. audio to go with them. And there's four levels. But then they also have like my survival Korean book that I lent yeah. you. That's a talk to me in Korean book. I have one that's like 500 word, like 500 days of vocabulary. And you get like mm -hmm. 10 words a day and you, there's a crossword and like it's a little workbook. Oh, fun. They have like they have like easy read mangas like about Bong Joon-ho and BTS. So if you want to like get like elementary reading, yeah. like they have like storybooks, they have picture books, they have conversation. I have a conversation book that I really, really like. They just like have an incredible library and they're like very well-made books. I love Talk To Me. I can't cool. say enough nice things about Talk To Me in Korean, honestly. <laughs> Have to work out some kind of sponsorship. That's I know, right? Second episode, we hyped them up. Can you hear me? Um, <laughs> uh, the next thing on my list that I wanted to update was when I did the first episode, I had only, I had downloaded Duolingo like three days before mm -hmm. that. And I couldn't really speak to it because I hadn't played much. I have now played a lot of Duolingo and I have more things to say about it. Yeah. Um, one thing that I learned very recently about Duolingo that I did not know is that you are supposed to, like in each level, get every single bubble category to level one. Yes. And then go back to the top and get them all to level two. Yes. And they'll compound on each other. But I didn't know that at first. And so some of my levels, I like took them all the way to gold. And then when you would go to play other levels, it was like it wasn't giving you... It like won't give you the advance, mm. the next questions because you haven't gotten gone to, to the next lesson. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's something to consider <laughs> um, is that you're supposed to like get them all to level one and mm -hmm. then get them all to level two or whatever. Um, something that I hate about Korean Duolingo is the nonsense sentences. I assume that it's like that it's just supposed to be for fun and it's supposed to make you laugh. But I don't see what the practical application of like learning a sentence like the bed tastes delicious. Like what the fuck? Like, mm. or the tiger cooked me hot dogs. Like tigers don't cook and you don't eat beds. So like, I don't know if like, <laughs> if it's just supposed to be like nonsense and fun, but I feel like learning nonsense is like, like the antithesis of what you're trying yeah, to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So that's that interesting. bothers me. I have I have the Korean duo. I have Duolingo and I have Drops. And Duolingo, I'll get to Drops in a second. Yeah. So yeah. Do well both of them obviously were recommended by you. Um, <laughs> although I had used Duolingo before um to brush up on my Spanish like a while ago. Um but the Korean version was interesting because I knew like not no Korean before before starting the Duolingo. Um and I it's very interesting using it. Like I found that when I was using the Duolingo, like if I just played it, I almost felt like it wasn't enough to really give me any kind of retention. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up playing every time I played it, I had like a notebook next to me and I would end up like every sentence they gave me, they didn't give me nonsense sentences, (laughs) but every sentence they gave me, I would end up like writing down and like dissecting on Mm -hmm. my own and being like, Oh, this is the object marking particle. This is the subject marking particle. And like this came, at the beginning and so I had to do like a lot of extra work right Duolingo so just a note that's very important and was my next point Mm -hmm. which is that like Duolingo will not make you fluent no it will not not at all but it will help you recognize sentence structure Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like Duolingo like the way that it should be used is like just as a reminder a way to keep your brain like thinking about Korean but I don't think that the way that it's set up that it's enough, like that it's enough. You have to take notes. You have to do something supplemental because Mm -hmm. the fact that no matter how far you get into the game, because I'm really far into it, that you can always tap the question and it will like tell you the definition of the word. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't make you learn anything. Right, right. Um, And you can just basically like memorize the order of the, the way it wants you to put the sentence and like, just tap it out and it yes, doesn't like exactly. make you learn anything. Yeah. That's how I felt about it too. That's why I like started taking notes with it. Cause I was like, Oh, well this isn't really teaching me anything because it's, it's frankly quite easy to like quote unquote cheat yes. in Duolingo. Cause you just like memorize certain patterns and then you can get through it or whatever. But I Duolingo was helpful for hearing the sounds mm. and like seeing how, like these four different vowels are spelled differently and they all sound the same. Yes. <laughs> like, oh, that's fun. <laughs> um, and then, but a, a positive to Duolingo that I'm happy that I wanted to share was I said in the first episode, and I still agree with this, I do think that Duolingo is too punitive. Mm. I do not like how it will, like how it takes your hearts away so easily. <laughs> And then you don't get them back for hours and hours and hours and hours. And I know I could, like, pay and help the tutors or whatever. I'm just saying that, like, the free version is very, very punitive. But Duolingo.com, if you don't use the app, if you go on the website, it doesn't take your lives away. Oh. You don't earn the same amount of gems. It's like it halved the, like, gem amount. But it, like, will just keep giving you more questions instead of taking your lives away. So if you, like, really want to practice, website version. I didn't know there was a website version. I know. I discovered it at work. And it's really great. And it's much easier to type because the other thing about Duolingo I hate is that autocorrect will betray you Mm. if, like, it asks you to type it in English. Like, your phone might be like, just kidding, and, like, switch a word. And then, oh, you lost a heart over it. (laughs) So I like typing on the real thing. Um, But, yeah, Duolingo... 
there's just been a lot of talk in our discord. We have like a language learning channel where people like give each other tips or whatever. And I've seen a lot of people being like, I'm playing Duolingo every day, but I still don't feel like I know anything. And like, mm-hmm. that's because it's truly just practice. The only yeah. way you'll learn things is if you also have a notebook and a dictionary out or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I do think that it's good practice. It's good. It's good to like get it in front of your mind and be thinking about things. And like, it will force you to understand sentence structure because you have to like put yeah. the bubbles together. Um, but it's not going to be, gonna it's not going to teach you the language for sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, somebody else in the language learning channel was saying like, I feel like I don't have any vocabulary or like, I feel like Duolingo is not giving me enough vocabulary. And again, it won't. If you're just looking for vocabulary, mm-hmm. the game you mentioned a minute ago, Drops, is your answer. Because that is a strictly vocabulary game that only has vocabulary in it. Yes. Um, and when I recommended it in the first episode, I don't remember if I said it out loud or not, but I meant to say that, like, my frustration initially with Drops was that, like, in the food category or whatever, they only used cognates and I was just like, there. I know there are Korean words for these things. Yes, I'm like still in the food section because the food section is like the first one, and you can only play for five minutes a day, so you like don't get very far very quickly. And they're teaching me like poke, salad, and I'm like, okay, but what's the Korean word for salad? Like, there's and no, if there isn't like, one, then teach me something else. Then teach me something else. Yeah, like I can say salad. <laughs> Yeah. So on that note, I noticed very recently they added a whole new subcategory in the Korean drops that's called Korean specific words. And they actually like took the time to be like, these are like native Korean vegetables that like have their own names Mm. instead of just writing like banana or whatever in the regular food section. Yeah. They've got this Korean specific words category that I love. There's a K-pop category that has really funny illustrations in it. It makes me laugh. Um, but yeah, there's like more like actual Korean words. In it. And I was like, there we go. Because I think drops like men, like Duolingo, like all these things, people make them for like one language mm-hmm. and then they try to expand it from there. Um, and I think, like I talked about it in the first episode, Korean does have a lot of cognates because of like yeah. modern words. You just use like the English instead. But I don't know. I don't remember what I was saying. The cognates. The cognates. But the, like, drops was, like, only, like, it was, like, its initial Korean, like, when they initially put it together, they were just, like, you know, in the Italian version, these are the 10 vegetables that we use. Mm -hmm. But, like, instead of taking the time to, like, find ones that aren't cognates, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have a, point is, my drops update was that they have a Korean-specific words category now. And they have so many more categories than they did when they first recommended it so if you're looking for vocab that's your Mm -hmm. drops will give it to you yeah because it's just we're a million words Mm -hmm. but I would say like again drops is some I mean maybe this is just me and my like anal retentiveness as both a student and an educator that I like can't play drops without a notepad next to me because I feel like if I don't physically write down the words that Mm -hmm. I learned I won't remember them um but that's just me. No, but that's very fair. And uh, I think I have a question coming up later about it. But maybe we'll just go there first. So I have some questions from listeners. And one of them was basically like, how do you get started? How do mm-hmm. you study? And I feel like that's kind of a personal question. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you agree as a teacher, but like, 
is learning just something that people like do their own ways and there's no like <laughs> right way to do it? I don't know. Um, I mean, there's definitely like everyone has their own learning style. So like some people are kinesthetic learners. So it's going to really help to like attach the the lesson with like a movement that go that can you can like put it almost into your muscle memory somehow um or there's like if you're a visual learner like I'm a visual learner so I like to see things I like to read things myself and I like to write things down mm-hmm. so I like to make really elaborate notes and that's how I remember them because when I'm trying to recall them later I can v- picture my notes right. in my head other people are auditory learners um which means that they learn by listening it's a very rare type of learner. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, most people do are not auditory learners. Most people are visual learners. So I would say, like, investing in a notebook is definitely a good idea. Like, color coding is always really helpful. I know when I'm teaching my, like, elementary school students to study, I always t- you make them color code and do, like like outlines and stuff in their notes. Um, Flashcards are always really helpful, of Mm -hmm. course. And then I think the best way to like science, scientific studies have shown that like certain things do help with retention. So writing things down, the act of physically writing things increases your ability to remember things um, because like that kinesthetic learning, you're attaching, you're like almost physically putting it into your muscles. Um, also, if you exp- if you learn something, like let's say that you learn a um, you know a grammar rule or a set of vocabulary words, if you take the time to explain your understanding in your own words out loud, Ooh. that is a really great way of because like the the step of full comprehension is being able to teach somebody else what you know. So if you can explain the lesson that you learned in your own words, even if you're not saying it to somebody else, if you just like practice almost like teaching yourself in the mirror, then that will also help with your memory retention. So those are some study tips from a teacher. That's great. (laughs) Um, Because the thing that I was wondering about was I have my Korean notebook in front of me. Which is so gorgeous. I talked about it in the first episode. I've had this notebook for five years and it's like different sections and there's like colored pictures in it and there's (laughs) scribbly notes in it. There's all kinds of shit in it. Um, But I've used it the entire time. Like this Mm -hmm. has always been my Korean notebook. Um, But the question I was going to ask was about how to go about learning another language in the first place because I think that the the strategy that I took for myself was I was trying to think like how do they teach babies how to talk Mm. so I went from a very very basic point of view where I was just like learning colors Mm -hmm. and placement words like on top of like opposites inside and outside those kinds of things and just trying to like learn those words and listen for them like a small child would But I wonder if you, as someone who teaches English to adults, as an adult learner, is it better to be like to just memorize a conversation uh, like an like because, you know, like if you if you take a language in college, they basically just make you read a billion sentences of someone being like, are you going to the library? Like, I am going to the library. Yes. Do you have my book? Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you memorize a conversation that's like, hello, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I'm great. The weather's so nice today, isn't it? Yes, it is. Whatever. Right. And then you just like remember that. Um, I think that that's like, 
it's totally depends on the level that you're coming from, I Mm -hmm. think, because like I said, for me, like I started by learning the alphabet because I didn't even know like how to phonetically read. And as a reminder from the first episode, I said that was the most important part. Absolutely. I t- and you I cannot totally do agree. anything without it. Yeah, you have to you have to learn the sounds of the alphabet and like all of the different vowel combinations and stuff. And I'm pretty good. I still sometimes flip o and u, but for the most part, I feel like I got them all. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I think that like, At least for me, when I teach English as a foreign language, I teach it in context. Like the curriculum that we use basically has like grammar rules, like two grammar skills per chapter or whatever. And we look at a like, okay, this entire chapter is going to be about making requests and making apologies. And so we're going to look at like, this person has a problem with their neighbor. Let's look at how they asked the neighbor to do something. And then we look at the specific grammar rule that's like, okay, look at how he phrased that question. He used these three verbs. Like, here's how you can use can, could, and would. And then like, we practice building like, so then we kind of start by like, okay, match the question with the answer. Then write your own question. Then write your own answer then practice the conversation so it's like building we call it scaffolding in as a teacher um and then so that's what we usually do is to try and like give you some kind of real world context because like you were saying with the duolingo like if you're just learning nonsense phrases or like okay you learned all of the colors but do the colors change like depending on if you're using them as a noun or an adjective absolutely they do there you go (laughs) right yeah um so so seeing them in action right is important so that's why i think like to reiterate what i said in part one i think like the most important important thing if you are sincerely trying to learn a language and it's okay if you're just curious and just want to do one of these things like whatever but if you're like serious about it Mm -hmm. I meant it when I said that you have to have like three or four sources that are your like learning things like talk to me in Korean will help you with that grammar stuff the like first two levels are just very simple like past tense present tense to from words like whatever and each one will break down that grammar rule which is great to know. But to or, in order to practice your grammar, conjugate your verbs, you have to know verbs. Mm. So then get your vocabulary from a verb book or from a drops game or whatever. And then like play a little Duolingo to lock it in your mind and write it in. A, like you have to, you know, one source is going to give you everything mm-hmm. that you need. Like you have to supplement everything with another thing. Yeah, totally. And I think finding, like, getting um, different, like, modes of information, like, where the information is delivered in slightly different ways. Like, okay, Talk to Me in Korean has this, like, audio that I'm listening to. And then Drops is giving me, like, pictures that I can identify with words. And then Duolingo is giving me a whole sentence. So then you're getting, like, you're getting the different language presented, or you're getting the language presented to you in a variety of ways, which I think, like, obviously increases the the sort of spectrum of your understanding. Absolutely. Um, so these next questions sort of went together. Um, wh- one person asked, like, I'm, or one person said, like, I'm very, I'm struggling with the sounds of the vowels and, like, mm. how can I get over that? And, like, simple answer, like, with something like a drops or a YouTube video where someone is explaining the, like, sounds of them to you, like, repetition, like, write it down, listen mm-hmm. to it a million times. Flashcards. Flashcards. You will eventually be able to hear the difference between ah and oh. I promise you will Mm -hmm. get it eventually. But somebody else asked, 
How do I over overcome the fact that things sound alike and but are spelled different? Like gay crab or gay dog. Mm -hmm. Those are spelled different. And basically what I was told by somebody once is that if you are not a native Korean speaker and it is not the language that you learned from birth, you will never hear the difference. (laughs) So don't worry about it. You will never be able to hear the difference. It's too subtle and you won't be able to hear it. You know, like when somebody like, oh, I came to this country 30 years ago and they don't think they have an accent, Mm -hmm. like, but they do a little bit because like you'll never be able to unlearn that. Like, Or it's even like if you think about all of the different, think about I mean, English has the wildest spelling patterns, um, but, and there's like, you know, rough, through, though, all of those are spelled with the O-U-G-H and they have three completely different sounds. So you just have to like memorize it to a certain extent. There's no like trick for knowing when, when to use a certain. And I think that's one of the most beautiful things about Korean is that like for the vast majority of the time, like the pronunciation is never going to be weird. It doesn't have those weird English exceptions. Like there's no silent letters. There's no, yeah, like rough cough through the (laughs) bullshit. There's none of that. (laughs) There is just like eh and eh. Mm-hmm. And that, like, they really, they sound imperceptible to your ear, and you just need to memorize which words use what if you're, like, spelling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you're never going to be able to hear it, so don't worry about it. I specifically remember an episode of Roommate um, where Dongwook, that's that hot guy, mm-hmm. was talking to the crazy G.O.D. guy and Jackson or somebody like people who don't speak Korean and they were like asking questions. And one of them was, how do I know if it's spelled with this A or this A? And Dongwook just sort of like had to think about it for a really long time and was like, you just have to memorize. Like there is no yeah. rhyme or reason. You just have to memorize it. Yes, exactly. So hopefully that's not. Mm-hmm. A discouraging answer, but it like is the truth. <laughs> I, it's, I mean, it might be a discouraging answer, but to be honest, like that's true of any language. Mm-hmm. Like there's for any single language, like when it comes to spelling patterns, a lot of times there's not a hard and fast rule. So you just to a certain extent have to memorize it. But if you're not learning Korean for like, if you're learning Korean for fun or for conversation and therefore not going to need it for like a professional capacity where you have to write it down, right. then who cares? Yeah. Like, you know, the most important part I think is knowing what the sounds sound like what the different vowels sound like and your advice that you gave me a long time ago I think was the most helpful in learning the different vowel sounds is to try and attach like learn how your idols names are spelled oh I love names because yeah because then that that honestly I was like a few weeks ago or like a month ago or so, it finally clicked for me that awe sound um, because it was a vowel that I always struggled with. And then I saw when Hyanna and Don went on Knowing Brothers, his um, n- name tag, Don, had that like awe um. sound. And I was like, oh, OK, like now I can have some sort of like frame of reference right. for how to. This is like one of the first things one. I ever wrote in my Korean yeah. notebook. And it is shiny a pink and 2 p.m's names all written out because it was a thing I could do yeah and it helps you like build because I explained this in the last thing and all Hangul lessons will teach you this but like 
you know, uh, every little consonant is two to four mm-hmm. sounds all mixed together and you learn how it blocks out. And I think yeah. writing people's names is a really good way to do that. Yes. Yeah. To start because the the one spelling pattern that like is consistent is the the way that the syllables are broken up. Mm-hmm. So if you get used to that by using words or names that are already familiar to you, then that's helpful. Makes it a little easier. Um, This last question is kind of like um, it will lead into a different thing that I wanted to talk about, which was somebody was asking about how they wish that they could understand better in dramas when people are changing their speech pat, like if they're mm. dropping the formal speech or whatever, that they feel like the subtitle people don't often. Um, they definitely don't. They make never a make notes of it, yeah. and that's a thing that I've noticed in a ton of dramas, and it drives me crazy, um, especially when it comes to like people's re- personal relationships. Mm. What I remember specifically in Drinking Solo was that Gong Myun's character called that girl Sem, which yeah. is like teach. Mm-hmm. So he was like calling her a casual name because she was his teacher and he had a crush on her. Yeah. But they would just write her name in the subtitles. Yeah. And I was like, but that's not what he's saying and mm-hmm. it's important or that when he's they, saying something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've noticed that a lot when people, like even on subbed reality shows, when someone will call somebody like Hyung or Nuna or use one of those like familiar terms yeah they just put in the person's name and I'm like that's not what they said (laughs) and it's like I get why they do that Mm -hmm. because if you are a person who on Netflix just watching a drama because someone told you to like you shouldn't have to like learn about Korean social hierarchy and you shouldn't have to learn those words but it matters sometimes it's a plot point right but I think that was the point the major point that I'm getting to which is that generally that like translation is it's like a very, it's just, it's an art form mm-hmm. and it will never be perfect. Yeah. It's like why the phrase lost in translation exists because like somebody else was asking about like, sometimes lyrics are interpreted differently or like mm-hmm. when an idol, you know, handwrites an apology letter, yeah. there are six versions of it. Mm-hmm. And, and how do you decide who is right? Yeah. And I think you like can't really decide who is right mm-hmm. <laughs> because it is it's up to the interpretation of the person translating it. Yeah. And I know I've sometimes been watching and the context, the point is that the context matters because I know sometimes I'll be watching a drama and I can see the drama and I can see people's facial expressions and I understand the plot that's going on. But then the person who translated will use a word that I'll be like, that's not the word that I would have used for mm-hmm. this. Like, oh, that feels like. Oh, that's too serious of a word for this. Or that's, Mm. you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's just sort of what translation is all about is that there's like a bajillion words and they evoke different feelings in different people. And so when somebody takes a Korean something and translates it into English or Spanish or whatever, Mm -hmm. like things are going to be lost and there's going to be nuance and like people will interpret it. Yeah. However they want to. Because for every, I mean, this is true of every single language and it's especially true when you're learning English, but um, it's like comes down to the difference between connotation and denotation. Like denotation is the dictionary definition of the rule, but connotation is the cultural understanding of that word's meaning. So telling someone like you should do something versus you'd better do that have 
technically they mean the same. It's like two ways to give advice, but the phrase you'd better has more of like a nagging tone to it. So we might interpret that as you being rude. So like there's so many different nuances to languages, which is why translations are very difficult. Um, I know I was like just thinking about that the other day because, um, I haven't squealed about this on the podcast, but V8 came out with a solo. And so I was looking for the translation of the lyrics and there's like four different translations that I found and they all had like the same, you could tell like the same general like keywords, but they're like, oh, this one's more poetic and this one's more straightforward. And this one has like a slightly different syntax to it. So I don't know. It's hard. Like always take translations with a grain of salt. I know we've said that before. For sure. And on that note, like... Just to know if you are the type, because I see it literally all the time and it's fine that fans do it like, you know, a tweet comes out and you don't have time to wait for the translation and you just want to know what it is. So you copy it into Google Translate real quick. Mm -hmm. Just know robots are robots. Yeah. And they do their best, but they're usually (laughs) wrong. But if you have to copy paste a translation, use Papago instead, Mm -hmm. P-A-P-A-G-O dot neighbor dot com, because that's a Korean Oh, so like Google Translate was written in English or whatever. Papago is like it's more Korean based, but it's still a robot and it still is bad at context and it will still give you crazy definitions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just like I see too often and it drives me crazy, like when a Twitter account like wants to be ahead of the news and will just paste something into Google Translate. Like, ugh, don't do that. <laughs> the robots don't know. But it can help. But I I find if you're, like, having to use a translator, like, paste the whole sentence in. Look at what it thinks it says. Start removing words. Yeah. Look at them all one at a time. Because, like, the yeah, the robot is just trying to, like, decide the context, but it doesn't know. And, like, sometimes you're just trying to get to, like, the dictionary form of a verb and, like, the website won't do it. Mm -hmm. So my actual suggestion, if you actually want to, like, get into translation or, like, do translating yourself, I own three different Korean dictionaries. One of them is only verbs. Um, so if I was like legitimately sign- trying to translate something, which I have done before, like when we're doing our like 90s episodes or whatever, sometimes mm-hmm. I will have my fucking Korean dictionary open. Yeah. Um, so that's just a thing. Like translation is just like a messy, it's just a messy thing in general. Always take it with a grain of salt. Always read a couple. Yeah. Um, and remember that the robot translations do not pick up on idioms. So if oh somebody God. says something that is actually an idiom, like, for example, um, I saw this comment once that I, like, copy and pasted, and the direct translation was fish bread. It was, like, a type of fish bread. But m- our friend had commented this on a picture of myself and my sister, and I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Right. Like, why would she comment Fish bread like that. Mm-hmm. It's like saying croissant as like your your right. comment. And I was like, what is this? But it's an idiom in Korean for two people who look very much alike. Right. Because so, those those fish breads they sell on the street yes, all look exactly they're like the same. stamps. Right. Exactly. So she was saying like, oh, you guys are like carbon copies of each other. But obviously that tra- like you type that into Google. Tra- it will say fish bread and you'll be like, bread. what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Um, my favorite, I just wanted, I've always just wanted to bring this up because I don't know if anybody else <laughs> has ever noticed it, but the Insta, like the way that Instagram tries to translate Korean is so confusing to me because it like doesn't matter what people write. I have like a couple of friends in Korea, like who write all of their captions, like entirely in Korean. And if you tap C translation, 
85% of the time, it translates it to, I want to go to the middle of the day. I am going to go to the middle of the day. Mother, middle of the day, going to the middle of the day. <laughs> I do not know what it is. Really? What phrase it thinks middle of, the, but it will take a wall of text and like 80% of the time it translates it to, I am going to go to the middle of the day. And I don't. <laughs> I don't know what that is. I wonder if it's like a weird programming glitch. Yeah. <laughs> That's really funny. I've never noticed that, but I'm going to keep an eye out for it. But now. Instagram is hard because it doesn't let, Instagram doesn't let you copy captions. So like if yeah. you're trying to translate an Instagram caption by yourself, you have to write it down. Mm-hmm. You've got to write it down. You might need to download like a Hangul keyboard onto your phone. <laughs> Ooh, that was another tip that I was going to mention is like, if you are serious about learning or even casual about learning, download a Hangul keyboard mm-hmm. onto your phone and to, onto your computer. Um, you just go into settings, keyboard, and you can add it. And then you can type. Yeah. Um, and that's important because what learning how to type and like watching the way that the word builds as mm-hmm. you type in the syllables is pretty cool. But it is also tricky. Like I've tried to type in a couple of things into Google Translate and like getting the the syllables to break up in the right way. Sometimes it doesn't break up in the way it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. And I like don't know how to move it over or whatever um but yeah um yeah so those were i think those were all of the questions from the listeners and all of the updates before i get into this like fun i'm trying to remember if there was anything else that i wanted to say we've covered notebooks Mm -hmm. (laughs) we've covered apps covered translations and dramas um Oh, I guess I never really answered the question of how to tell when speech is changing in dramas. Mm. But I think the answer is learn uh, like the first five. Talk to me in Korean, like first couple <laughs> of levels where you can learn about what different speeches patterns sound like because of the very logical way that Korean sentences are arranged. You can tell if someone is speaking formally or not because every sentence will end the exact same way. Yeah. Um That's what I was going to say. I was like, I definitely don't know a lot of Korean, but if you, I think, learn the ending, the formal endings Mm -hmm. and then try to like train yourself to hear them when you're listening to dramas, then then you can catch that context a little better. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. All right. So this last thing that I wanted to do before we finished up is something that I did in the last episode. um, And it's a thing that I think about all the time, which is common K-pop words Mm -hmm. in that like words that come up in songs a lot. Um, And the ones that I pulled today, I feel like are extremely common so much so that tons of these, as I was pulling the clips, that song also included three or more (laughs) of the other examples. Um, I tried to find things that are unique sounding so that they don't sound like other words, other words, because that's the other difficult thing about like <laughs> learning a new language or like you're listening to a K-pop song and you think you hear a word, you know, mm-hmm. but that was actually the ending context of yeah. this word, because when people are singing, yeah, they syncopate those- things crazy and you can't always tell. So I tried to find ones like words that I always notice every time I hear them. So that even if you are a person who like doesn't have any interest in like learning in Korean and you listen to all this and you're like, cool, but I'm not going to like learn anything. If you memorize the things that I tell you right now, next time you hear them in a song, you're going to feel smart. You're going to feel cool. (laughs) You're going to feel like you understand like your K-pop in a way that you never have before. Mm -hmm. Um, So just thought that would be fun. Let's do it. All right. So the first one on my list, I brought up in the Hyana episode, but to reiterate, this is probably like my new favorite Korean phrase because it's so long. It has like so many words in it and it 
It is in a thousand songs. And this is Mori Buto Baikikaji. Okay, so to break this down little by little. So, mori means head mm-hmm. or hair. Okay. And then puto is like from. Um, and then pai is your foot. Kit is the end. So, mm. pai kit, like the end of your foot, the tips of your toes. Kati is together, all together. So, from head to from head to toe is mori puto pai kit kati. Mori puto pai kit. I'm not going to remember that. It took me a long time to learn it, but now I'm real. I love saying it. And it's in so many songs. Wait, I almost, let's see. Here. Yeah, this is a great learning thing. Try to spell things. Puto. 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 Pai, par, kit, kit, ka, 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 chi, chi, chi. Moributo par kut kachi. Oops, see, you're almost right, except for this is a, a sandiket. And this one is a double two. But you got it right. Mm. Yeah, I got all my vowels right. What's up? So mori means head to review. Mori means head. Yeah. Puto means from. From. Par means foot. And kut is the end. Kaji. Kaji is like all together. Kaji all together. Head from foot end all together. Yes, see, Korean is backwards. That's all you I have to that. know. I love that. Um, so this next one is one of my favorites because it hap- it comes up a ton, but it's often confused as a curse. So we'll explain that. Ooh, and this is Noonpeet. So Noonpeet. Noon means eyes or snow. I mean, both. Um, and pit means light. And pit is spelled, this is like one of the only like Korean pronunciation ex- uh, exceptions, is that pit is spelled pip e chiot. Chiot. Beg your pardon. Oh, all of the consonants have names. Oh, I don't know any of the letter names. I just know the sounds. Pip e chiot. Oh. But this so, ending sound is a t- it's if it's all by itself, it just is peat. You close it. Peat. But if it's a, if you put a subject marking particle and put an e after it, it becomes peachy. Because the chiot then carries mm. over into the next word. French has something similar. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Okay, okay, okay. And what did you say peat means? Light. Light. Hmm. So noon peat is often translated in lyrics as either gaze or eye sparkles or that look in your eye. Mm. Um, but it's literally eye light. 
I like. But it's in a bajillion songs. Also, the word beat is in a ton of songs, too. And it usually does have a subject marking particle, which makes it beachy. So there's a lot of songs where people think people are just saying bitch, but oh, they're right, always right, saying peachy. Peachy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we also use peachy as a shine-in, right? Yes. Doesn't Jenny say that in her solo? I think so. There's, and that definitely sounds like she's saying bitch. Bitch. Nanan. Yeah. yeah, she's a saying bitchy? it really hard. Is this the subject marking part of yes. it? Yes. Okay. Just checking. Cool. So noon Pete. Noon Pete. You'll hear that a lot. Um, this is another one that I heard in a billion songs and always wondered what it meant. And so I looked it up for this episode. <laughs> and this is Momchu Suopso. So Momchu Suopso. So Momchu is like stop, halt. And then suopso is an en- is like a sentence ending that you would learn about, um, which is, uh, which notate, uh, which connotates the ability to do something or not. If you say hai suopso, that's I can do that. Or hai suopso is I do not have the ability to do that. Yeah, I was like, opso is, <laughs> yes, thank you. opso got- means lacking or that it is you not You do there. not have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hai sui so, I can do it. Mm-hmm. But hai suopso, I cannot do it. Right. So momchu suopso is I can't stop. Oh. And it's in so many songs. I didn't hear the chu. Chu. It's a, it's chiot ui. Chu. Momchu. Oh, it's one of those blended vowels. Blended vowel. Oh, okay. Mm, so I can't stop. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, next on the list is, um, so the reason that I am like missing a lot of these clips or like, I'll put them in later, but I got very, very distracted pulling this episode together because I love Korean onomatopoeias. Okay. <laughs> there are hundreds of them. And the actual name for a Korean onomatopoeia is a tail. Um, but they're all, all like almost all Korean onomatopoeias are four characters and okay. they either have an a b a b or an a a b or a b a c pattern repeating pattern okay. um so like an a b a c one is like um gongi jongi which means like a huddle of people <laughs> that's so cute gongi jongi and then the word i was going to do next is an a b a b one which is panchak panchak so panchak panchak is like sparkling, blinking, twinkle. Panchak panchak. So your noon pits panchak panchak. Panchak. Did I spell that right? Um, it's a double. It's a double cha. A double cha. Yep, panchak panchak. Cool. Hey, I'm not so bad. You're not. And <laughs> Angelica in the studio is using one of my favorite learning techniques, which is trying to spell things yourself. Because you might learn, you might know way more than you think you Yeah, do. the only things I've missed so far are the double consonants. I've gotten all the vowels right. Oh, no, not this double one. Not this blended one. Mm. Whatever. <laughs> um, let's see. The next thing I had on my list 
Um, I didn't pull clips for this because it's too short of a word and it just was going to take too long, but it's in a ton of songs. And this is the word appa. Appa. Not appa, like your dad, uh-huh. but appa, which means hurt or sick. Appa with a ha. Pa with a pa. Oh. Ah. Because appa is a. Appa? Uh, this is dad. Mm hmm. And this is hurt. Oh, with a puh. With a with puh. A puh. Oh, I see, I see. Um, so it's the dictionary form is apuda. I talked in the first episode about how all mm. verbs have a dictionary form that ends in da, and that's how you conjugate it. Um, but I think more like a lot of times in songs, you know, people will say that like I'm hurt. Mm-hmm. But one thing that comes up more often in songs is apujima. Mm. And jima, jimaseo, is an end is a verb ending that says don't right. do something. So like in the Got Seven song, Hajima, they're saying, stop it. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't do, do it. it. And Apujima is like, don't be Apujima. hurt. Does it mean don't hurt me or don't you hurt? Apujima would be by itself. That would be like a command. You don't hurt. Don't hurt. You could probably conjugate it to specifically. Does the P, is the P um, vowel changing? Apujima? Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's no longer apa. It's yeah, apujima. in the dictionary form, it's a, mm-hmm. but then when you conjugate it, it becomes an a uh, instead. Apu. Mm-hmm. Apuda is the apuda. dictionary form. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so then you can change the da to be jima. Apujima would be like stopping, and you could say like apaso, like it was hurt. Mm-hmm. Or. I will be hurt. <laughs> um, but that was an interesting, that's just a thing you'll probably hear in a ton of songs. And you might think, is that dad? It's not dad. It's different. Mm. They're different. And they also, I've found, there is technically a word for sick, but I find that Koreans use this interchangeably, like mm. hurt and sick. Oh, you use okay. the same word, which I always thought was interesting because in English, those are very different Very things. different things. Um, but maybe it's like, a malady or something, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. like how you can have an injury I have or a hurt. an illness. Yeah, I have a hurt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, this next one is another like very easily recognizable phrase because I feel like no other Korean sounds like it. And this is the word chewing gong. Chewing gong. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chewing gong. So chewing gong is sometimes in lyrics translated to be hero or heroine, but I think it more literally means protagonist or mm-hmm. main character. Yes. I was just, so I said earlier in this episode that I had just written down the lyrics to a song mm-hmm. and it has chewing gong in it. And it, the verse is like, when I see you, I feel like the hero in an action scene. Yeah. And I was very surprised when looking for clips that the NCT dream song, Chewing Gum, does not actually use, like, I thought maybe. Yeah, because it was going to be always, like a pun. It's always a, well, I, I may, my ear catches it because it sounds like chewing gum. Yes, it Which does. is such a weird thing for a song to have. So mm-hmm. that's why I've always noticed it. So I thought maybe that song was like a play on it, mm-hmm. like chewing gum and chewing gong, but it's not. They don't say hero no. ever even once in that song. It's That's literally about opportunity. gum. They literally it's, talk yeah. about spitting it on the ground. Like it's about gum. See, this is why <laughs> this is why SM needs a resident English speaker. I know because there's so, there was a there was something that was, clever like uh, right there. It was there. so close. It was so close. 
Um, but yeah, that's that's a phrase that I feel like I hear all the time mm-hmm. and always wanted to know what it means. Yep. And there it is. Um, the next one we have, I think we might have said or joked about on the show before, um, but this is the word made. A male means every day. Mm-hmm. And it's very often repeated. I don't know why. I should find out the grammatical reason why, but there are a lot of Korean words, uh, like, same as there are a lot of onomatopoeias, there are a lot of words where you just say them twice. Mm, interesting. I don't know if it's, like, for emphasis or if it means more if you say it twice, but, like, male, male, like, every, every day. Every day, every day. Mm. So maybe it, like... Maybe <laughs> it's, like, a, um, like, male means something along the lines of, like, day, but then if you say it twice, it means that it's a repetitive, well, like, over and over, il, every day. Il means one, and all of the days of the week, yeah, the days of the week all end in il. Okay. So the il part, I think, is what it's implying the day. Mm. But you can just say may once, but I find in songs they usually say it twice. Interesting. Um, and we've used may as a joke for our voicemail because they're yes. not saying male, but we're like, it sounds enough it like, sounds like male, male. So it's funny. So just like chewing gong, we made a joke where SM did not. Exactly. <laughs> we made a clever pun. Um, okay, this next one is another like very K-pop specific word. Um, and this is chumer chuhada. Chumer chuhada. Okay, so chumer, chum by itself is the for, the noun for dance. Chumhada is the action for dance. But for whatever reason, you say chumer chumha or chumer chumeo, chumun chumhada, chumun chumesayo. Whatever. But you say it twice and the word dream is the same. You say goomer goom. And I've tried a million times to look up why or what those kinds of words are called. And I don't know why. And I don't know why you have to say both. You don't always have to say both. I truly don't know. (laughs) But it means dance. Interesting. Chum means dance? Chum. The first part. And then chumer, the er is a... a, um, Subject marking particle, chumer, mm. chum, chumhago, chumer, chumada is the vic- dictionary form to dance. But I don't know why I have to so say it twice. Chumur means that someone is dancing. Yes. Okay. Yes. And chuko, chukoya, is that how chumur it is? Chumer, chukoya. Chumur, chum, chumur, chumhada is the dictionary form. And then chuko, yeah, then it becomes chuko. So then what does this ending mean? Chumer chukoya. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah is not nice. So mm. I know that much. Um, yeah, that's probably just informally saying that you're dancing chumer chukoya. I don't know. Does this re- uh, mark a specific subject? Like he, she, you? Mm-mm. Just a subject. Mm-hmm. So like a person is chumer, dancing. Chumer chukoya. Interesting. Yeah. Um, this next one, you've heard a bazillion times, and I can point out specific songs where you can hear basically every conjugation of this word. And oh, this studio is... Studio Choom. Yeah. <laughs> choom. Continue. You got it. Uh, and this is Micho. 
Um, so micha or the dictionary verb michida means like to be crazy. Mm. Michin is a crazy person. Oh. Micha. I think it's a yaw for uh. reason. Um, but the songs Crazy by 4 Minute and Go Crazy by 2 p.m. include like almost every possible conjugation of crazy because <laughs> um, they use it a million times. Um, and yeah, crazy is a word that could describe people or describe a feeling or describe the mm. night or whatever. So it gets used a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to bring it up. Perfect. Um, this next one is another thing that comes up on in almost every love song at some point and this is no wanna no wanna means you and me oh no is the informal way to say you wa is and wa it's no i'm sorry oh <laughs> but you got no. it other than that no no, no, not no, 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 Anna. No. Got it. Cool. You and me. Um, yeah. So that's that's just a very common uh, K-pop phrase. This next one I don't have clips for, but I just wanted to explain the difference because these are words that dictionary feel the same, but they're not the same, and mm. they like are used interchangeably in K-pop, but I feel like their implications are different. Okay. And this is maum. Versus kasim. So kasim is like the physical, your chest. Sometimes people use that word for like boobs or like chest or like heart. Kasim, like your actual chest. And then maum is more like the, your soul, like heart, but not Mm. your physical organ of your heart, but more the spiritual idea of your heart. Okay. Um, So lots of, like, either one or both of these words are in tons and tons and tons of K-pop songs. Um, But I think there's, like, a slight difference in them. Like, in Replay, I think they say gasm because they're, like, talking about, like, a word from last time. I said dukun dukun, your heart beats and your gasm. But then your mao, mao mi apa, like apa from before, that's the phrase it's usually, like. My heart hurts. My heart hurts Mm. because of what you've done to me, girl. Because it's not my physical heart is aching, but my love my love my heart is broken my mouth yeah yeah, yeah. so one's a metaphor and one's more literal yes cool so just wanted to explain the difference between those and i have one last one and this is hunter we oh my god like shocked me away sorry (laughs) so hunter is the sky and we is the directional word for above. We eh. Eh to mark the the pl- the pl- to mark a place. Is that right? I feel like that's the wrong we. Um yes, it's an ooey. Ooey. Hanar. We eh. Um yeah, so we eh means above, mite means below, yope means beside, blah blah blah. But hanar we eh. Is above the sky, mm. but the way that it's used in all the clips I just played is haner we roll, and the roll implies that you're on your way there. Mm. You're trapped, like, 
Roll implies, implies like traveling, like it's a road. So Hanner Weedle is like, we're going up to the sky. And I hear that in a lot of, lot of songs. So it's not the same as heaven because that's its own word. But Hanner like above the sky. Interesting. So poetic. It is poetic. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's, those are all the things that I wrote down. Yay, all the common, love it. like, some K-poppy words. Did some of those sound familiar? Like, you. oh, definitely for sure. I mean, most of them I had definitely heard. Maybe I wouldn't have been able to like recognize all of them, but yeah, for sure. Great. Well, um, I hope that was at least slightly helpful. That that was an update from last time. Um, but I'm always encouraging everybody in their learning. I am encouraging myself because <laughs> I need it really bad. Like you mentioned early, way earlier in the episode on the like second day of quarantine, I took out my study journal, my 500 words book and my everyday conversations book. <laughs> and I like legitimately did a lesson and I wrote in my study journal, like I'm going to do this every day of quarantine. I learned the words for quarantine and virus and I wrote them in the <laughs> little like vocabulary section. And I was like doing this. Nope. Not even once. Not picked up a single book. Not even once. Yeah. So I, you know, just know that I'm not trying to like preach to anyone because I mean this to myself as Mm -hmm. much as anyone. Yes. And I think like on that note, you know, as we try to pick up some quarantine projects, be kind to yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Don't put a lot of pressure on yourself. Like there's so much going on in the world already. Like you don't need to make yourself feel guilty for not (laughs) doing some Korean lesson. Right. Because you're all on top of everything else that you're already feeling and dealing with. Like, this should definitely be something that is fun. So just, like, remember, no matter what your quarantine project is, to have fun with it. Yeah. And if it's not fun, then maybe walk away from it for a little while. <laughs> Very fair. Great advice. Love it. Um, Yeah, so if you want to talk more Korean learning or if you're learning another language entirely, like I said, we have that language learning channel on our Discord. Mm -hmm. There's some Korean learners in there. We've all, like, traded Duolingo IDs so we can be friends. Um, There are a couple people learning German and a couple German listeners, and they're all, like, helping each other in there. That's really cute. Um, Yeah, so if you have any aspirations to learn a language or if you just want to, like— know slightly more about Korean. I I truly do believe because I've been doing this for so long and it all just like folds in on itself over and over again that like every single thing that you do learn is like opening you up to like more mm. understanding of stuff. Absolutely. Like I said, the only reason that I'm able to notice that a drama is like not getting the context right in the subtitles is because I can like mm-hmm. understand enough to know that there's that it's wrong. Yes. Or whatever. You can appreciate like a pun in a song If you know what the word is. So like every little thing you learn, even if you never are fluent, like if you know the days of the week, like, hey, that's fucking cool. You know the days of the week in another language. (laughs) Or like I said, I truly encourage everyone to learn how to read Hangul. I think that it's like it's truly not that hard. It's just memorizing shapes. There aren't that many of them. And then once you can do it, you can read another language. And that's fucking cool. One of my favorite things to do when I, I don't do it anymore really because I don't like drive around <laughs> but um I used to have to drive through Koreatown every single day because where I teach the school where I teach English is in Koreatown and uh so my favorite thing is like driving through Koreatown and like phonetically sounding out 
the words of the signs as I pass by, especially because every once in a while you get an English word that is just written in Hangul. Mm -hmm. So I'll like be at a stoplight sitting there, like trying to sound out this phrase for like two minutes. And then all of a sudden I realize it says mattress outlet. <laughs> I'm like, mattress outlet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's mattress outlet. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's really fun. Um, yeah, and they're like that's neat that you can like learn another learn another um alphabet. Yeah. Especially like for me, I felt like when I first learned the alphabet, it almost felt like learning a an alien language because the letter the alphabet is just very different and like the only other language I know, which is Spanish, has obviously the same still letters. like the Latin alphabet. Yeah. So, this was very interesting. It's like it's it's just so different from English. Um and I would say like when you were talking about learning the sounds earlier, like, "Oh, how can I learn the vowel sounds?" I think reminding yourself that it's not English over mm -hmm. and over and over again and being like, there's sometimes there's not an equivalent sound. Right. Um, and you just have to learn that new sound. Um, yeah. But actually, the thing I was saying earlier, like, while I do hate learning cognates in that it feels like I'd rather know what they call this in Korean if they don't use this cognate. It does help with the spelling and the sounds or whatever. Like one of my favorite quote unquote Korean words is cake. Cake. Cause it, cause cake in English is barely a sound. It's like cake. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's three syllables yeah. in Korean. Cake. cake. And that just is fun. Mm -hmm. I think that's fun. And it yeah. helps you like recognize how words are like written out and like when I buy Korean makeup the titles are always like English like one of my Monster X I remember one of my Monster X lip tints is called Oh My Rose yeah <laughs> Oh My Rose yeah but it's yeah. like so many letters yeah so like that help the cognates will kind of help they definitely help the for vowels. sounds mm -hmm. in particular um yeah they are really helpful for sounds and like we were saying names are really helpful for sounds mm -hmm. too like um one thing I always found really helpful is that like Chen and Jongdae use the e eh, a, eh, and mm. you can hear that very, very slight e eh, a eh yes. sound, and it's like just barely different. But that's literally every time I'm writing something, I'm like, is it Chen or Dae? And then like, hey, there you go. that's something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, we should go. We've been talking about this a lot. We'll be right back with a random game. Thanks for sticking through the screen. Let's say yay. <laughs> okay, we're back. And this week we got a hip hop duo mm -hmm. called Rubber Soul. Yes, just like the Beatles album. S O U L. Mm -hmm. um, they debuted in 2015 as a trio. Yep. Uh, the members were Chue Cho, Kim, and Lala. Mm hmm. Um, Lala left in 2017. Um, for unknown reasons. Um, and the group doesn't really seem to have, like, it It says that they're still together. It says they're under Universal Music and Happy Tribe Entertainment. Um, but it doesn't seem like they have a very big discography. Like, they have one EP and three singles listed. Yeah. So, I don't know. And the last... the Their EP, their one and only EP came out in 2017 after... Lala left. So I don't know. I mean, they went on one of the members, Kim, was on Unpretty Rap Star 2. Um, and then she was also on The Unit. But 
there's really, it doesn't seem like the group itself has been very active in, in several years. Yeah. And I'm going to like break our YouTube rules just because it seems like some weirdness is happening here with whether or not their videos have been like uploaded properly. Yeah. So I found their debut music video, but it's like a fan upload. So it doesn't have very many views. So like technically it's maybe not the one we're supposed to okay. watch, but I think we should watch that one. Yeah. That's the one that we can find like confirmation <laughs> that it's them that it's and theirs. It's and theirs. Yeah. So let's, it's their debut and their debut was a, um, a single called life, which featured a rapper named, um, what Mad did I say Clown. his name was? Yeah. Mad Clown. All right, let's check this out. Here's Rubber Soul Life. Oh, right. I forgot this was hip hop. <laughs> First, I was like, oh, man. Okay, so we've got like a pure white room and then I'm guessing that's Mad Clown. A lot of like bucket hats and sideways hats. Eye jewels. And one of the girls has like a lip ring. Look at how severe that haircut is. Yeah, that is intense. Right hand, left hand, I go on my own way. Hmm, this is weird. It says the best day on the screen. <laughs> Whoa, the melody of this is very weird. Oh. Yeah, I don't know what to do with this. Oh man, that perm is really ugly and bad. If my curls ever looked like that, it would be so fucking bad. <laughs> Okay, yeah. One of them, like, just has, like, a bra and, like, a sweatsuit and a bad perm. Yeah. The melody that's being sung over this rap does not match with it in a way that hurts my ears. Yeah, I don't like this. It feels creepy for like something that's supposed to be like, life is a song of happiness. Yeah. This feels creepy. It's not happy. Yeah, what's happening here? And like the quality of the camera is obviously very high because the like definition of this video is really good, but it also looks really cheap. Yeah, because they're not doing any, they're just in a white room wearing like different like quote-unquote hip-hop outfits. And they have like four backup dancers. I guess Mad Clown dipped after his first verse. (laughs) And And yeah, does that girl have a chin piercing or is it just a jewel? I can't tell. It seems like it's just a jewel. Okay. Oh no. And she's wearing like an equestrian hat with a like a net on like it. a funeral net over the front yeah. that has like rin- like rhinestones in it. If she was this good of a singer, why isn't she been singing this whole time? Yeah. Ew. One of There's those outfits was very... FUBU! Thank you. <laughs> oh, are you kidding me? You can't wear that! 
I can't believe it. I can't believe they pulled out a final outfit in this like last moments to just show it for like a second. And it was Fubu. I know. <laughs> oh, oh not one of them has a skateboard. <laughs> wow, they had like four different outfits. Oh, they're wearing in the the, last that like fucked. Of that. Holy shit! I hated all of that. Yeah, I hated that too. That was. That was not fun. That was not fun. <laughs> I did not enjoy that at all. And you did not make me feel like life is a song of happiness. No, you definitely like not. Life is a song of really ugly cultural appropriation. Yeah. And you should all be ashamed of yourselves. <laughs> Matt Clown, get out of here with your nerd glasses. Is Matt, nothing for that song. I have to look him up because I can't remember if Matt Clown is one of those people who like constantly has like horrible dreads and is like saying bad things oh, or not. No. He looked like a big old nerd. No, he just looks like a nerd in all of these pictures. Maybe I'm thinking of that guy like Sonny. I don't mm. know. Anyway. Yeah, he does look like a full nerd in every single yeah, picture. He's always of wearing him. these like little little bitty glasses. glasses. That must be his Luke. Interesting. Oh, okay, anyway. Um, well, that was that. That was that. I don't have a specific recommendation this week. Because I'm in the past and I don't know if anything good has come out or like will be coming out or if there's something I want you to watch. I feel because I feel like this most of this app was like recommendations of things that you can do mm-hmm. for learning Korean. And I mean, all of those. Is there any because um, like one thing that I have always I think like. One thing I've always loved as a tip for learning a new language and something I do in particular with Spanish when I feel like I need to practice is that I'll watch a show in Spanish with like either the Spanish or the English subtitles and like try to see how much of it I pick up. Mm -hmm. And that's really helpful. And I know I've heard so many different idols talk about how they watched a lot of dramas Mm -hmm. to help them like practice and learn English. Have you ever watched a drama that you thought like, wow, the English or the Korean I just said English several times. That's okay. But you know, you guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah. The idols watch dramas to learn Korean. Anyway, um, have you ever watched a drama that you thought the people in it like spoke really clearly and you had an easy time like getting used to the sounds of certain things or like recognizing certain words or the way people talk to each other? Like, um, not there's not a drama that I can think of. Because the only time I've ever done something similar where I, like, put the Korean subtitles on mm-hmm. is when I'm, like, I've done it watching Reply 1997 because that is a drama I have seen so mm-hmm. many times that I know the context. Yeah. So then if I watch it with the Korean subtitles on, I can, like, read along and, like, rec- it helps you recognize words and stuff. But I wouldn't recommend that one because everyone has a Busan accent in that show and, mm. like— it's saturi. It's like not the same thing. So I wouldn't recommend that. But a thing I was going to say on a similar recommendation is that on YouTube, there are like 10 million episodes of like Pororo and Tayo, the little blue bus and all these like Korean children's programs. And I wonder if like those would be good because like the voice actors speak clearly and in high pitched voices mm. and like sentences are simple and people repeat themselves a lot because yeah. it's like four for kids. kids. 
So like that might be a good thing to do. But yeah, just the like taking something that you are familiar with, like even if you wanted to like watch an episode of Going 17 with the subs on mm-hmm. and then turn them off and watch it again. Like, cause you, now you, now you know what was happening, mm-hmm. which I think is so important. And like something I struggle with a lot with like listening, like doing listening practice is I feel like I like miss out on the context. Mm. And then it's so hard to recognize words when you feel like you're just blindly hearing a sentence or something. Yeah. Um. So like, I find if I watch something with subs once or like a, I've gotten to a place where I can look away from something where like. Say I'm watching Knowing Brothers and I'm looking at the question that's being asked. And if I look away because I've heard the question, like now I'm recognizing words in the answer because Mm. I know what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good, that's a good little tip. I like that. I personally really like, I've seen like some different like variety shows and stuff where they play language-based games, Mm. which I always think is really fun and they should like do more of that. Oh yes. Um, One of my favorites they played, there's like a really old Pentagon thing and it's like called like Pentagon Nimdle Quiz or something. And it was like this really long game they played years ago. But they play that game where they get two letters, like Mium Shiot. And then they have to, like, mm. come up with words that start with me, um, she, uh, and then you, like, I don't know. Then you, like, learn a bunch of words because they're playing, like, word games. Yeah, there was this, ga- there was a Going 17 a couple of, uh, a couple weeks ago where they played this game where, like, one of the members was holding up the word and one of the members could see the word and then the other member had to guess the word in a way but like you had to give directions to draw what the word was and then like they would show the drawing to the person who had to guess it was like a multi-step thing or whatever yeah it was like a complicated game but it was really good for vocabulary because it was words like umbrella and cat and like whatever things like that so that's always fun usan usani is umbrella Mm -hmm. koyangi is cat yeah. So like <laughs> if you are like the word is above you and I'm going to t- you have like a pad in your hand. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you, OK, draw a um, half moon on its side and then uh, draw a line, a vertical line going down that ends with a U. And look at and then you I have to, like, show it to somebody and be like, it's an umbrella. Uh, I so, see. Yeah. Yeah. A vo- when other people are playing vocabulary word, vocabulary or, like, word games. Yeah. Just uh, just pay attention. Yeah. And like I said last time, like, use your use your love of K-pop to um, give you something to do. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I talked in that first episode about um, practicing my translation with unsub Triple H videos. Mm. Um because they're unsubbed and it gives me a project. It like gave me a project because I was like excited to be watching Triple H videos. Um, yeah. So write down your idols names, write down, just transcribe the lyrics to a song that you like. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially a song that you like know very well, because then you can start attributing the sounds you're familiar with to the, like what the letters look like. Yeah. And you can start to get a better phonetic understanding of the language. And you can hear it better. Yeah. Um, Cause I think sometimes if I'm just like listening to a K-pop song, I'll hear like M sounds as N sounds, mm-hmm. or I like won't catch the ending of a word. But when you look 
look yeah. at the lyrics, you're like, oh, I do hear it in there. Like they are closing off that mm-hmm. sound or whatever. Yeah. Um, or you can also on the opposite side hear how they blend some of the syllables together. And mm-hmm. they're like, oh, he's dropping that syllable. Right. Becky and loves a dropped syllable. Absolutely. Yeah. Idols who drop syllables or speak in slang or like foreign foreign members who are pronouncing things mm-hmm. weirdly. Like that's always something to watch out for. Yeah. Um, okay. I could talk about this all day because it's so interesting to me and I love it, <laughs> but we'll stop for now. Um, and if you would like to get in contact with us, share your learning tips or ask Korean questions or whatever, we can be found at AMA K-pop pod on Twitter and Instagram, AMA K-pop pod at gmail.com for emails. One eight one AMA K-pop five for voicemails. Ask me about K-pop the podcast on YouTube, AMA K-pop on Spotify, AMA K-pop pod on Discord. Those are all the places. Um, And we'll try to be back next week. Glad that we've been able to keep this rolling. Yeah. Stay safe. Stay sane. We love you guys very much. Goodbye. Bye. How do I leave? How do they? I'm the one leaving. Am I the one leaving? Or are they the ones leaving? We're the ones that are leaving. Yeah. Yeah. Jonghyun, you're our inspiration.